The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 167 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. In this episode, I will be talking with Tabitha Laffrey, an assistant professor of engineering technology at Fairmont State University, who was recently named the 2020 West Virginia Young Civil Engineer of the Year. We will be talking to her about the ASCE 2020 report card for West Virginia's infrastructure, and joining Tabitha on the podcast will also be one of her students and president of the ASC student chapter, Lauren Johnson. What was really cool about this project if you're a civil engineer and why I think you'll like this is because it really is the bridge between the next generation of civil engineering professionals and experienced civil engineering professionals. And so just to give you a little bit of a preview, the infrastructure report card hasn't been published in West Virginia in some time. And so Tabitha was able to take it on as kind of an initiative of the students And the students worked hard on it, and they had to work with professionals in industry. So there was kind of this relationship that was built, and together they got the report card published for West Virginia. It was a huge accomplishment, and it has now become the capstone project for the school. So you're going to hear about all that. To me, if you want to talk about building the next generation of civil engineering professionals, this is like the perfect example of how to do it. You're putting these students in situations where they're learning about infrastructure by going out and talking to engineers that have practiced for many years in the field. And they're ultimately publishing something that they're proud of and that's useful for people in the area. It was just such an inspiring episode because of that bridge that this program is creating. And I'm really, really excited to share this one with you. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but I eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. I've also had the honor of authoring the American Society of Civil Engineers Careers and Leadership column over the past few years. So now I'd like to introduce our guests for the episode today. First up, Tabitha Laffrey. Tabitha is a registered EI in the state of West Virginia and is currently the program coordinator for the Surveying and Geomatics Engineering Technology Program at Fairmont State University, where she also serves as the faculty advisor to the ASCE student chapter. Tabitha is currently the vice president of the West Virginia section of ASCE and is also a co-chair for the Infrastructure Report Card Committee. And she'll be joined by Lauren Johnson. Lauren is a senior double majoring in civil engineering technology and surveying and geomatics engineering technology. She's the current president of the Fairmont State University ASCE student chapter. Lauren was the student project manager of the dam section of the report card and also participated on the wastewater team. And again, think about the experience that Lauren and her fellow students are getting. Now, before we jump into my conversation with Lauren and Tabitha, This is a free show, and our sponsors help us keep it free, so we ask that you please support them. And now I'd like to recognize and welcome back our sponsor for this episode, ACI. Are you a member of the American Concrete Institute? ACI is a worldwide community of 30,000 professionals, educators, and students in more than 100 countries. 
It is the premier global community dedicated to the best use of concrete. Starting on January 1 this year, ACI launched new member benefits. ACI members now have free access through annual subscriptions to all ACI University live webinars, free access to 260-plus on-demand courses, and unlimited access to the Institute's practices, including all ACI guides and reports and symposium volumes. ACI members push the concrete industry further, adapting to new technology and investing in their careers and are dedicated to improving concrete design, materials, and construction. You do not have to be an ACI member to work in the concrete industry, but if you want to exceed expectations in it, there is no better place to be. Whether you are a student just starting out or have years under your belt, ACI membership ensures that no matter what changes the world brings, you will be prepared to thrive and your life's work will last for generations. Right now, ACI is offering a $30 discount on new individual and young professional memberships. Student memberships are free. Join ACI today at concrete.org forward slash podcast 30. That's concrete.org forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T, the number three, the number zero. I also want to mention that if your civil engineering company is interested in a continuous improvement process where your staff will get access to monthly interactive live training sessions on important non-technical skills like people management, like project management, like seller-doer business development skills, please check out our Civil Engineering Collective. The Civil Engineering Collective is a group of civil engineering companies that do get this training on a very regular basis from our instructors and other industry leaders. If you're interested in the Civil Engineering Collective, check out civilengineeringcollective.com or give us a call at EMI at 1-800-920-4007. That's 1-800-920-4007. So with that, let's dive into our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now I'm excited to welcome on our guests for today, Tabitha Laffrey and Lauren Johnson. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. So Tabitha, I introduced you earlier to our listeners. I introduced both of you, but in your own words, let's start with you. Can you please tell our audience a little bit about what you do on a daily basis? So as an assistant professor of engineering technology, of course, I teach classes on a daily basis. My classes typically focus on surveying, construction, and structural engineering. I also spend time on assessment for the surveying and geomatics engineering technology program as I'm currently the program coordinator for that. And we all know how important continuous improvement is, especially in the engineering industry. And then I usually spend about half of my time on ASCE action items. Actually, our student chapter is pretty busy. We're um, hosting our regional conference this year. So that's kept my to-do list at a constant state of refreshing with new activities. And then in addition to all of that, I've got two daughters that keep me busy as soon as I leave the office. And Lauren, how about you? Tell us a little bit about where you're at in your career journey. So I'm a senior at Fairmont State University, and I'll be graduating this April. That's great. And what are you studying? Uh, Civil engineering technology and surveying technology. And those are both bachelor degrees. Tabitha, let's go back to you for a second, because I know you use the word geomatics, which I think, I don't know if everyone knows what that field is. I'm wondering if you could explain it for us. Yes, well, our surveying and geomatics engineering technology degree actually just got approved this fall um, and went live. So with that degree, our students can go on and pursue professional licensure in the surveying field so they can get a professional surveyor's license. 
And then Lauren, she's actually pursuing dual licensure. So she'll have a, a four-year civil engineering technology degree and a four-year serving geomatics engineering technology degree. And she'll be able to pursue dual licensure for both of those. A surveying license is such a huge benefit to someone in a civil engineering discipline. There hasn't been as many surveyors in, in the past years, and it's been a problem actually. But if you do become a surveyor and you have the dual, I think, engineering license, it gives you a tremendous amount of upside in your career. In fact, I know several civil engineers who are professional licensed land surveyors and engineers, and it's done a tremendous amount for their careers and their businesses to be able to offer both of those services. So that's great to hear that. Tabitha, you're here today. You're going to talk about the ASCE 2020 report card for West Virginia's infrastructure. Why would you say that infrastructure, as well as just these report cards, are so important to the economy of our nation? I mean, infrastructure is what makes the world go round. The quality of our infrastructure is an issue that affects everybody. Clean water for washing our hands is more prudent now than ever with the COVID-19 pandemic. We rely on infrastructure to keep us safe from floods and other environmental disasters, and those are becoming increasingly likely due to more extreme weather than ever before. We also know that infrastructure fuels the economy. This enables our goods to travel over our bridges and highways and onto our grocery store shelves, right to our doorsteps. And as stewards of our infrastructure, civil engineers are responsible for the design, construction, operation, and maintenance of our vital public works. With that responsibility comes the obligation to periodically assess the state of our infrastructure. We need to report on its condition and performance and advise on the steps necessary to improve it. And that's why the report cards are so vital. They provide an assessment, but also multiple recommendations on how to fix any deficiencies or issues. And these can be crucial when we're looking at dispersing funding for projects. They are important. And I think that what the report cards really help us to do is they kind of bring light to the fact that the infrastructure needs a lot of help. And it also can be helpful in alerting the public to that, right? So that they can kind of get behind it as well. And that they understand that if they want to be safe and their families want to be safe, we need to invest in infrastructure. And sometimes, you know, they don't necessarily hear that. And I think that the report cards are very beneficial in helping to come through. So I also know, Tabitha, that you and Lauren were both accepted to participate in the 2021 ASCE legislative fly-in, which took place on March 4th. What was that experience like for both of you? Well, Tabitha, why don't you go first? It was amazing. It was a fantastic experience. I recommend it to any engineers out there who are part of ASCE. You, know, you can reach out, get FaceTime with your representatives in both the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate. We met with nearly all of our states representatives and senators. And infrastructure is such an important issue right now, you know, in the legislative session, and I mean, in all over. So dispersing infrastructure funding becomes critical. And it's difficult to determine, you know, does it need to go to drinking water? Does it need to go to roads? Where does this money need to go? As engineers, we were able to meet with them. And actually, West Virginia, one of our representatives, David McKinley, is actually a professional engineer. He's a civil engineer as well. So he does have that take on, on the engineering aspect of it. And just being able to meet with him was fantastic. Laura, had, I believe, had a great experience. She can talk about that as well. But as an engineer in the field, it was definitely one of the highlights of my career to be able to promote infrastructure investment because I know that's something that affects all of us. And Lauren, how about you? How was your experience? Oh, this is one of the best experiences, I think, as a student. I was so excited to be able to be a part of it. And I didn't quite understand how important it was until we were almost done with it, how it was impacting my young professional career. 
being able to work with those professional engineers and other students doing the research and working on that. Some of the individuals that we met with, some of the legislative assistants stuff, they wanted to give her a job. I mean, as a graduating student with that much knowledge on the infrastructure coming out, everybody wanted Lauren to come work for them. That's what it's all about in terms of differentiating yourself in your career, building up that knowledge base, which, you know, I think allows you to provide value to companies out there that might want to hire you. The whole idea of the legislative side of civil engineering is such an important side of it that a lot of civil engineers are just unaware of, which is why I think that attending an event like that can be very valuable for a civil engineer really at any stage of their career. And of course, the earlier, the better so that you're kind of turned on to that earlier in your career. So it's great to hear that you both were able to attend that. And it sounds like you both really enjoyed it and took some great value out of that. Tabitha, tell us about West Virginia's approach to drafting the infrastructure report card for ASCE. What went into that? Just the whole process. I'm sure it's a very elaborate process with a lot of moving parts. West Virginia took an innovative approach to drafting its inaugural infrastructure report card. We were one of the first states to utilize student members. So Fairmont State University, obviously where I work, offered a special topics class. We had nine students enroll in the class. Each student chose two categories to participate in. Our report card consisted of five categories for this first one. So student teams had team leaders that helped ensure that their team completed the ASCE outline and they met their drafting deadlines and any course specific checkpoints. Lauren was actually one of those team leaders. They worked directly with chapter champions who were professional engineers that specialized in those categories and assisted with the drafting. And then prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, the students were able to take field trips along with the champions. They met with agencies such as the Department of Environmental Protection, the Division of Highways. They even got to meet the Commissioner of Highways. The agencies were very accommodating to students. They were glad to see students taking an interest. And then at the end of the spring 2020 semester in May, the students turned in full drafts to the chapter champions. And then the champions then took those drafts. They edited and revised them over the summer. By the fall, the second round of drafts were complete and then were turned over to the West Virginia section of ASCE for internal review. This was, you know, verifying data, checking grammar, make sure the report as a whole had a consistent tone across the board. And then upon that section's internal review, the drafts were sent to ASCE Society and the Committee on America's Infrastructure for multiple rounds of review. This assured consistency across all state report cards, along with the national report card, which was just released in March. And then after a final review, the report was sent to a graphic designer to prepare for publication. Lauren, over to you here. I read that you, along with your fellow students, had to work with professionals and state agencies to conduct the research necessary to rating West Virginia's infrastructure. What was it like working with these different people through this process for you as a student? It was very interesting. I was lead for the dams group. I was also part of the wastewater group, but I mainly work with dams. So I was able to work with a professional engineer named Don Bailey, and he was great. I think he worked with the Department of Natural Resources. Uh, he led us through the whole way. It was eye-opening. I learned things through that experience that I had yet to learn in any other classes. It was just an amazing experience. Being able to work with those engineers and with students alike, it was just great to do that. I really commend West Virginia for getting students involved in this process. I think that that's really important. At least I've seen that not all states do that, or at least it's not that obvious that they do that. And I think it's important because the students really are the next generation of engineers that are most likely going to be working on these infrastructure challenges. So I think having the students involved, understanding the legislative side of it, understanding the infrastructure, the status of the infrastructure, the condition that it's in, 
that's really valuable. And I really commend, you know, again, West Virginia for getting the students involved. I think that's a really smart thing to do from a long-term perspective and really getting buy-in kind of at all different experience levels of the civil engineering community, which is awesome. They got full credit. Lauren's listed as an author on West Virginia's infrastructure report card. He didn't just say thanks, Fairmont State students. He did say that, but Lauren Johnson is listed as an author. So she got full credit. That's another great notch in the career belt at such a young age that you have there on your resume. And, and not just the resume, but just the experience and the knowledge, like you mentioned before, is really invaluable for sure. I know that West Virginia's infrastructure was rated across five categories. What are those five categories? And on what criteria are these categories evaluated? Yeah, this was their first infrastructure report card. They decided to do only five categories so that it was a realistic goal. So they did dams, wastewater, drinking water, roads, and bridges. And then they were graded then on conditioning capacity, operations and maintenance, funding, future need, public safety, resilience, and innovation. And then they were given a grade based on each of these and then an overall grade depending on that. It's a pretty thorough process. And obviously, as Tabitha described earlier, you know, the coordination that went into the different aspects of it and and the back and forth a little bit on it, which definitely makes sense, being that there's all these different categories that need to be evaluated. Tabitha, can you tell us about the results that were obtained of the state's grades and, and what recommendations were made in order to try to raise the grades in the future? So the cumulative grade for the 2020 report part for West Virginia's infrastructure was a D. So the state received categorically a D plus for roads and bridges, and then we received Ds for dams, drinking water, and wastewater. The overall committee, you know, we have quite a few recommendations in each category, but overall, some of the highlights, we do want to sustain the momentum provided by the Roads to Prosperity program. We would need to remove all of our posted and poor condition bridges in the system. We actually have the second highest percentage of structurally deficient bridges in the nation. Also, increased investment in the transportation sector. It was also recommended to explore creating a bond program for the funding of water and wastewater systems similar to the Roads to Prosperity program. And then lastly, increase funding for the West Virginia Dam Safety Rehabilitation Revolving Fund program to expand resource accessibility for improvements and make construction more accessible. In West Virginia, 75% of our dams are high hazard potential, which means that if there were a failure, it would result in the loss of life and property. We want to make sure that all of our bridges can receive the necessary upgrades. Lauren, what would you say was kind of like your overall impression of this process for yourself as you went through this as a student and you're interacted with professionals? It was great to work with the professionals. It was really interesting also, as she mentioned, the high hazard dams, as I was uh, the lead for the dams group, I live in Taylor County, West Virginia. So we have one of the larger dams on the east side of the Mississippi River, which is Tiger Lake Dam. As we're going through the different criteria for it, you're kind of wary about it because we're grading these dams. And I live in a town where if it did something were to happen, there would be a loss of life. So it's really neat to learn all the different parts that go into it because it does directly affect each of us, especially when we live in these areas that have infrastructure that would impact it. Maybe a lot of students don't necessarily learn in school is that what civil engineers work on has a direct impact in a lot of ways on the the health and safety of the public. If something were to happen, if a project were to fail, and unfortunately there's cases of this out there and dams and bridges where this has happened before, you know, people will lose their lives. And that's something that you really need to be aware of, which is why there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with a professional engineering license. 
this process that you went through as the students as part of this report card and having these conversations with practicing engineers is very helpful in terms of understanding the impact of the profession and, you know, the responsibility of, I think, all of us as civil engineers. And so, again, it's just another great probably benefit of this whole process of having the students work so closely with professionals, which is really great. Again, I think it's a great for a lot of reasons. And this is just another one, in my opinion. And so, Tabitha, to that point, what did you see as some of the benefits of the partnership between the students as well as the ASCE and the professionals? And what advice could you give to our listeners out there that might be interested in putting together something like this? Well, I mean, in my opinion, the entire process was a fantastic learning experience for both the students and the professionals involved. You know, I kind of coordinated that relationship between them. Like we had the chapter champions. They called me the student champion because I, I worked with the students. The champions told me how much of a learning experience they actually learned from the students researching and stuff. Lawrence told me multiple times that it was one of her favorite classes. It makes my heart happy to hear that every time she says that. She talks about how much she's learned in the class. And, and it not only taught the students about engineering and infrastructure, but it also taught them about working in a collaborative environment with different skill sets and different experience levels because the class was open to any rank. So there were freshmen all the way up to seniors in there. My advice to anybody out there thinking of doing something similar is to go for it, reach out and try to help. Like our state was kind of struggling with this report card. We had never put one out. They've been releasing these report cards since 88 and our state is, we were the second to last one to put one out. And we were at a section meeting and I went to who at the time, Rodney Holbert, he was the chair at the time. I told him, I was like, hey, I want to teach a class on this. I want to help you write this and I want to coordinate students and I want to do this. We need to do it. And he was so excited. And then um, he pulled Dave Meadows, who is another co-chair. And we all started working on it. And then it ended up uh, me, Dave, and Rodney were the co-chairs for the state and for the actual report card. And then with the champions and the students. But we reached out and secured the champions. Then I worked with the students and made everything kind of come together. So this type of project yields better engineers entering the workforce. And it's something that will benefit everybody in the long run. That really is great. And I can see why they were so excited about getting the program going again after so long. And really the student professional relationship aspect of what you're doing there, which I think is probably the most valuable part of it, quite frankly, because like I said, you're building the future generations of civil engineers there with that guidance from the experienced professionals. And so maybe one more last one for each of you. First of all, Tabitha, for you, I know you practiced a little bit in private industry and then you decided to go back into teaching or, you know, got into teaching. I was wondering if you could just tell us about that, because I'm sure that there are many civil engineers out there listening that might want to get into teaching at a university in the future and have to maybe go through that thought process. What did that look like for you? It was a little scary. It was a little intimidating. I'm not going to lie. Going in and thinking, wow, I'm responsible for teaching these individuals who are going to go out and again be responsible for the health and safety and well-being of our nation. So I started out adjunct teaching. I was actually taking a, a bit of a break home with my youngest daughter. My husband and I actually, we were trying to decide, you know, do we want to have more children or do I want to go back to work? Because I didn't want to, you know, put my career on hold for a second time. The day after we had that conversation, I got a call and asked if I wanted to adjunct teach. And I was like, okay, well, here's my sign. So I tried, you know, I was like, I'll go do that. So I ended up teaching statics, which if you're an engineer, you know, that's a pretty difficult course. That's one of your first hard courses. I loved it. And then I actually started full time that following semester and dove right in four new classes. I was covering a load for another teacher. And then by the following fall, we were starting the surveying geomatics program. And I took on the role of program coordinator for that. So it was scary and it was intimidating, but 
it's a huge learning process. And I like there are days, I mean, not that it didn't happen when I was in the industry, but there, you know, more so now I go home and I just feel fulfilled. Like I feel like I'm making an impact and making a difference and helping to create better engineers out there in the industry that are going to go out and do fantastic things, specifically with our infrastructure and things like that. Just goes to show you when you kind of find what you're passionate about, it's kind of like a light a switch flips and you can just know right away that, you know, this is for me. I really like this and this is something that I'm going to continue to do. And it sounds like that's kind of the experience you had once you did that first class. You had a feeling that this was something for you, which is great. So Lauren, I'll, I'll go over you, to you here to kind of wrap things up here. So you had this great experience with the infrastructure report card committee and you were very active in it. You did the legislative fly-in. What are the next steps for you as you prepare to kind of go into your career here? What are some of the things that you feel that you want to do in your career now that you have a little bit of insights as to what civil engineers actually do out there in the field? I hope to start my professional career and then one day hopefully come back and help as a champion with Tabitha. I'd like to work on the infrastructure report card again one day. So that's my goal is to hopefully one day become uh, useful enough to her to be able to be a resource for that. And do you have any ideas in terms of what field of civil engineering you want to practice in, you know, when you get out of school or some of the things you might want to work on? Right now, I think I'm going to go into the geotechnical field. My wife's a geotechnical engineer, so I've had many, many a dinner conversations around soil, which is doesn't sound exciting, but maybe to civil engineers it does. But that's great, really. And I think that your everything you're doing is what every student should be doing, being coming active at school, getting active in ASCE chapters, talking to professionals out there in the field, getting that mentoring, getting that guidance, you know, having good relationships with your professors in terms of career building and career skills. So, you know, congratulations to you really for doing everything, doing the report card, you know, coming on this podcast, getting involved in the legislative flying. I think all these things are great things that students should be involved in. And I want to thank you both for coming on the Civil Engineering Podcast to talk about the experience. And I hope that if there are ASCE chapters out there that haven't involved the students or haven't heavily involved the students in their report card process, that they'll consider doing that in the future because I think that there are a lot of benefits to that. And I'd love for the students to get that experience and get those interactions with experienced professionals at that level because I think that that's only going to help us in the long term in the civil engineering industry. Because if you're starting that young and talking with people in industry, getting involved in infrastructure, seeing infrastructure, rating infrastructure, it's only a real positive thing for the future. So Tabitha, Lauren, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Civil Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. And really what I hope you took from it was just continue to think about how we can connect the next generation of civil engineers to our experienced civil engineering professionals, because they can certainly learn from each other. And I think it's just going to help the industry to be stronger overall. Again, I thank Tabitha and Lauren for what they're doing and for sharing the experience with us. You can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 167. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And in our next episode, we're going back to our Civil Engineering Entrepreneurs series, and I'm going to be interviewing Jenny Snape, Managing partner at Batcher Engineers and Surveyors down in New Orleans. They're growing a really, really interesting company with a powerful, powerful social mission. And so I'm excited to share that episode with you. 
Lastly, I want to remind you that if you need people management, PM management, or seller doer business development skills training for your engineering professionals, give us a call. We have just the programs for you. You can reach EMI at 1-800-920-4007. That's 1-800-920-4007. Or visit our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.